Moncrief with Glaze on News Talk. How do you know these aren't just going to take said. the drugs and dump you in the canal? Nessie, Ruth just called your boyfriend a He's not exactly my boyfriend. You can't just trust some random drug dealers from Rotterdam. I know that, Ruth. That's why I've got a plan. Nine o'clock tonight, I meet Mirko and Darian by the harbour, but I won't have the drugs on me. They'll be with Nessie in the car up the road. They don't pay up, they don't get the coke. Hmm, foolproof. We are 30 grand richer. That's 10 for Tara, 10 for Nessie, 10 for me. Yours is in the toilet. I see deadly drugs in large quantities. I flush them. I'm sorry. How do you even know these are in kilos? I don't. But if I just said, hi, we've got uh, big bags of cocaine to sell, I'd sound like I didn't know what I was doing. You don't know what you're doing. I'm sorry, but you're acting idiots, thing. You know what, Ruth? Me and Nessie are doing what we should be doing on holiday. Having fun, driving cars, meeting boys, something you wouldn't understand. Then you run. That's what you just heard there, streaming all of season one on Now TV. James Dempsey, great to have you here. What did you make of this? Hiya. Uh, well, it's a bit of a funny one, right? So it's a very odd show, this, in that it is really like it, it has thrown not only the kitchen sink, but the bathroom sink, an ensuite one while it's added as well, <laughs> at it, right? It comes from a, a guy named Ben Channon, who has made lots of different things, won a couple of BAFTAs in his time. And it's based on a novel by a, a German, I think, Croatian writer named Zoran Drevenkar. And uh, what is most odd and chilling is, that even though we heard that clip there and it's very clearly about a group of teenage friends uh, enjoying their holidays and discovering a newfound interest in entrepreneurship um, it also opens in, or rather each episode opens with this very kind of chilling <laughs> serial killer subplot right so mm-hmm. for example you sit down to watch the first episode and it's particularly effective in the first episode we meet this German man he's speaking on the phone to his estranged wife and he gets caught up in a traffic jam in the snow and then he just gets out of the car and just kills everyone in front of him by getting into their car in the middle of the night and and strangling them and then and then we cut to the credits and we move on and we never hear from him again until the second episode where he's on a or he's in a hotel and the third episode he's on a train etc and uh, it's particularly good in the first one because it's it's kind of like a serial killing i've never seen before uh, whereas the other two sort of rely on us suspending major disbelief about the existence of cctv cameras but all in, uh, you know, this obviously is going to come back in somewhere further down the plot. Um, and therein lies the ultimate problem, right? So the ultimate show is about four friends, uh, Tara, Stink, Ruth and Nessie. Uh, Tara is kind of London Irish. Her uh, She's living with her nan who has died before the first episode and is still 17. So she is forced to go live with her estranged father who is an Irishman, Killian O'Sullivan, the Cork actor plays him. And he's living in Rotterdam uh, where he composes music for kind of adverts. But secretly he also has a business with his uh, brother who's played by the actor Richard Coyle doing, uh, playing Regan, his brother, who does a very decent Irish accent, I must say, who's kind of a, a big deal drug dealer and uh, when the girls arrive in Rotterdam to spend the summer with their friend uh, things go awry as they often do and we have this 
this series of events that leads them going on the run across Europe, trying to get their way to Norway. Okay. And intercut in all of that, we have the the drama or the comedy drama of these four friends falling out, falling in love, etc. A massive drug deal <laughs> that's going on, being chased by Irish gangsters, and then a serial killer uh, who's uh, quite prolific. And it is an awful lot of balls to juggle at the one time. And it's not that I'm saying that any show couldn't do it, but certainly I think this one doesn't manage it quite well. Because despite all that, the first episode in particular is very ponderous and quite slow moving and the pacing just felt completely and utterly off. Like for something that is so jam-packed with so much plot, it kind of just meanders around. There's a lot of kind of to and fro in Rotterdam and uh, not really much happening. And then when it all happens, it all just comes in a huge rush and it just feels, for me, like it was a little tonally out of place. Mm. But um, a kind of good fun romp at the same time and as I said, some very chilling serial killing going on as well. It's when you've got so many options though, James. It's so hard to uh, devote time to this. I was talking to the <laughs> guys in Movies and Booze about this the other week as well, that there's just, you really need to be able to back this. And it sounds like you're, you're not on board. I'm not, look, I'm not, uh, yeah, I, if I was on Dragon's Den, I'd be saying it's not for me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bowing out at this point. Mm. Uh, yeah, like ultimately I find, you know, I watch an awful lot of TV for, the, TV for this slot and I would have previously been something of a completist and now I, I do not complete anything. If it, unless it really hooks me in, mm. I just don't have time. I just don't have time to indulge it. Well, that's really interesting. The Guardian absolutely loved it. So make up your own mind. Our next show is Wham! Streaming now on Netflix. Let's hear a bit of it. In the morning, if you want, we can go down and ask Shane Boss to fly you somewhere. I think his brothers use it for their meth shop. No, I'm not going to stay the night. I have to leave, right? That's definitely not Wham. That's not the voice of George Michael. <laughs> Let's go one more time. This time it's Wham streaming now on Netflix. on that first single credited Andrew Ridgely and G. Panos. Panos was a, a shortening of Panotu. There is a very urgent need for a stage name. George Michael. George is the English version of the Greek name Yorgos. Michael is the Christian name of one of our good friends' dads. It helped shape of persona. We were convinced it was going to be a hit, but it didn't even make the top 100. Ah, James, I absolutely adored this and devoured it in one sitting. What did you make of it? I, I, I thought it was fun. Right. But I have I, you know, it left me wanting more. I'll put it that mm. way. Now, I, it's a it's a really fun watch. Right. And easy to watch it in one sitting like it's only 92 minutes or something. But and, and it is like it's made with great um, affection, but great artistry as well. There's really, really good use of archival footage. Uh, there is a running motif of Andrew Ridgely's mother's scrapbooks of his time in Wham being yes. used to kind of string together the story that's very effective and touching. And it just, it's like, you know what? It's like a pop documentary, like Wham, right? As in, it is just fun 
and kind of drama free because even the bits that are dramatic are not that dramatic <laughs> like you know like as in we, we start following their story uh their friends since they were 11 in primary school they kind of grow up together and always decide that they you know were going to be in a band and i guess what 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 i was most surprised by was you know that they recorded their demo and had a bit of careless whisper ready to go there and then right at the infancy of their mm. kind of efforts and uh, then as you're kind of watching the documentary go on, it's sort of just going from hit to hit to hit to hit to hit, uh, which is great, right? Look, uh, who doesn't like Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go? And learning the origins of that is like a sign left <laughs> by Andrew <laughs> for George, in which he had basically written, made a mistake. Um, like, that's all really fun, but it kind of doesn't get any deeper than that, right? Like, you know, I'm, this kind of like, I'm sort of reluctant to say that I want the warts and all documentary here, but this is like, this is not it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, as in, you get here the story of, of the pair of them not falling out, you know, like this is not like, uh, you know, it's not the making of rumors by Fieldwood Mac, <laughs> this yeah. documentary. It is, it's like, yeah, we were great friends. And then I'm Andrew Ridgely and I kind of, I'm a bit superfluous to the band beyond strumming the guitar a bit. But like the longer they go into the band, the kind of less obvious it is exactly what he's bringing beyond being a supportive friend, which mm. look is a very good thing. Well, you've like, obviously watched they... other ones. You've obviously watched the Channel 4 Freedom documentary from 2017 yeah. and I haven't. So for me, right. it was like the entry level documentary on Fair. George Michael and Wham. And for that purpose, I think it's a great one to show your teenage kids to go, well, there was this brilliant band and they were huge and this is their story. But you're right, it definitely isn't warts and all. Well, maybe there just aren't warts, right? Maybe this is mm. and all. They just didn't have any warts, right? Yeah. Because the whole point is they are really good friends. And when the, like, and it, what it does tell very well is how George is the star, yeah. right? As in like how he is the songwriter, he's the singer, but also he's the producer. He's the meticulous planner of the music. Mm. Whereas Andrew is kind of the hype guy, right? And basically um, when they begin to go their separate ways, there's no rancor or animosity between them. There's just sort of like, yeah, of course, this is always how it's going to be. George is going to be a star and Andrew is his biggest fan. Mm, I found that kind of beautiful because you always expect in these band breakup stories there to be. And then he completely dip, disappeared up his own ass. And that doesn't <laughs> happen. There's no, it's just Andrew is so supportive of him every step of the way. One thing I wanted to ask you, James, was it caught me off guard how fast they blew up. Like at one point they go, and that was three years since we started the band. <laughs> they were playing stadiums in the US. Like yeah, I, I like found it, it riveting. I really enjoyed it, it. And sometimes we don't want, even if there are awards, we just want a fun documentary about yeah. a successful duo. Look, to me, it is, it's like pop music itself right as in pop music gets a lot you know it doesn't get the critical gravitas of rock music or whatever right like it's not it's you know it's the it's pop right mm. it's just for kids and like they made pop for teens but pop is really fun and they looked like they were having the time of their lives while they were doing it and it's a very infectiously fun watch but it's like pop it's a little superficial at the end of the day I, I wanted to ask you as well about the Live Aid component of this, which I found absolutely riveting that the little monster inside the hugely ambitious George Michael, what he was thinking as he recorded Live Aid or Band Aid, the song for Christmas, knowing that his own song was potentially going to be a Christmas number one. 
that I felt was like the most real kind of insightful moment of the documentary, right? So like the, we as a viewer are getting this sense that George wants more, you know, that his ego in a, like, it's not that he's some ego, massive egotist, but it's that he, he's very insecure. So the, the, he finds it sort of nourishing to his ego, how successful they're being. And he has this whole plan. We're going to have four number ones. They write last Christmas, they go off and record the video. They tell this funny anecdote about how the alcohol they're drinking in the video is real. <laughs> you can kind of see, <laughs> they're looking half cut like as, as they're going on as they're down in glasses of wine and then obviously Live Aid comes on and he knows he has to record this and going like it just feels like really honest you know mm. that like he's like well damn it damn it we have to just give in to this and then and then they give all the money for for last Christmas to the same uh, you know to, to the Live Aid, Live Aid funds but which, it did go to something Christmas a lot like, of people don't realise I mean that I had no I idea had no but idea. it did finally go um, to number one in 2020 it so did. they they got there in the end. Well, our textures have been on saying Juan was great fun, but also a nice reminder of George Michael's style and image as a soloist very much appeared at the end of his Wham days and wasn't just a total change or manufactured by a record company, for example, a switch to the beard and leather jacket. That's from Dan. Our third and final TV show of the day is Made for Love, which is streaming uh, both seasons on all four. Let's hear a bit of it now. The morning, if you want, we can go down and ask Shane Boss to fly you somewhere. I think his brothers use it for their meth shop. No, I'm not gonna stay the night. I have to leave right now. Oh, and if the news says that I'm dead, demand to see my body. Have some spaghetti first. He will feed the media a cover story saying that I succumbed to a shellfish allergy or something. But I will be alive. I'll just be stuck in the hub, a prisoner of the hub, stuck in some cube, getting revision brain surgery ordered by my husband. Have you ever thought of just... Lowering your standards in terms of general happiness. Hmm. You and Byron, I don't know what's going on, but... Oh, hold on, though. Come on. Let's talk about it. <laughs> if you didn't want my help, why'd you even come here? Because Byron knows that I would never come here. And I was going to take the plane. Jane, fly the plane. Well, I can kind of fly the plane. <laughs> James, Ray, Moran, Ray Romano might be one of my favourite comedic actors. <laughs> Just, I have no idea what this is. My assumption was that it had been cancelled. What did you make of it? It has been cancelled, yeah. So basically, this is um, an early victim of HBO's kind of scrapping of shows when it went through a real moment of crisis, I guess, probably about a year ago. Um, it's created by a woman named Alyssa Nutting, who wrote the novel of the same name. And it stars Kristen Milioti, uh, who people would know if they saw The Resort, which is also streaming on Now TV at the moment, uh, which is like a really, really, really good show with a terrible finale. And Billy Magnuson, uh, who plays uh, this kind of tech bro guy named Brian Gogol. I don't think the name could, the surname anyway, could possibly not be intentional. <laughs> and he's sort of like an Elon musk type, uh, you know, tech entrepreneur, impresario, whatever, like in charge, of, uh, ahead of this huge global tech company. And she is his wife. And for the last 10 years, you know, when we meet her right at the very beginning, she has basically fled their marriage because she discovers that he has implanted a microchip in her brain that allows him to basically experience everything that she's experiencing. So through a computer, he can see what she sees, he can know her thoughts, etc. And it's she's already very unsatisfied in their marriage before this happens. And this is sort of like, you know, 
the, that step too far after several mm. others preceding it. And she essentially goes on the run. And this ran for two seasons. Uh, I think it started in 2020. And it is a really odd, strange, funny black comedy. And sometimes there's like, <laughs> sometimes there's a, a nice ease in knowing there's only going to be like two <laughs> series of 10 episodes or eight episodes or however many it is. Great and point. You can, you can just enjoy it as like a summertime little, mm-hmm. you know, shortly, short-lived thing. A fling. It's well... Well worth seeking out, honestly. I, I'm a huge fan of Kristen Milioti in particular because she has, you know, she when she she's, she kind of she she initiated the role of the girl in uh, Once the Broadway musical of the Irish movie, and um, she was Broadway or she was Tony nominated, and then she had this string of kind of girlfriend roles in romantic comedies and could have gone down that route but instead has always picked these kind of oddball strange slightly sci-fi weird things including uh, Palm Springs which is a really good romantic comedy with Andy Samberg and as I said The Resort which I just absolutely loved except for that bad finale and uh, all in I could just watch her do I could watch her anything she just has this incredibly interesting manic personality that she just uh, is eminently watchable and here she is absolutely excellent uh, so yeah it's well worth seeking out what a great shout then James thank you so much for this Made for Love stream both seasons now on all four uh, with the comfort of knowing there isn't a hundred more seasons just one of those nice things you can watch on your holiday wherever you are right now his other recommendation was Wham which you can stream on Netflix and of course at the start there we talked about Then You Run the stream all well, all one season of it on Now TV. James, thank you so much. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 pm with Anna Glaze on News Talk.